For November 30th, 2009, it's the Overthinking It podcast, episode 74, Humping That Piano Key. Welcome to the Overthinking It podcast, where we subject the popular culture to a level of scrutiny it probably doesn't deserve. From this most thankful of holiday weekends, I am your thankful host, Matthew Thankful Rather, coming at you from Los Thankful Angeles, and uh, I'm joined by the panel to overthink the many things that we're thankful for, uh, and also the pop culture. So what is, uh, what is, the, uh, what is the moment of uh, pop culture knowledge uh, that you got at uh, Thanksgiving that has to do with another generation or with, you know, I don't know, embarrassing moments or with, you know, everyone having a little too much of the cheap red wine or <laughs> what, uh, what have you. What knowledge about the popular culture did you gain this Thanksgiving? Mr. Peter Fenzel. Hey, hey, hey. First hey, in the alphabet as, as it is when all is right with the world. Yes, God is in his heaven. Fenzel is F is first in the alphabet, and all is right with the world. F is first in the alphabet. That's one of of the rules for the overthinking drinking game that we are uh, that we are developing. You drink when someone is before Fenzel in the alphabet. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm going to drink right now anyway. Marvelous, marvelous. So my favorite pop culture moment of the Thanksgiving weekend was while we were driving to northwestern New Jersey, my mom, my sister, and I, my sister who was 18, um, to go cut down a Christmas tree, which is our tradition for the day after Thanksgiving. Go to a Christmas tree farm, saw down a tree, like get it tied to the roof of the car, drive it back. Uh, of course, the Christmas songs were out in force, and I had a wonderful uh, duet, uh, very heartfelt, sung at the top of our lungs with my sister, with my little sister, of uh, my grown-up Christmas list by Amy Grant. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with that song. It's um, are, are you guys familiar? No, 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 no. Oh, can't oh, say you that I am. Enlighten us. Oh man, it's ridiculous. It's like, oh no, more lives torn apart and wars would never start. Anyway, it goes on from there. It's like all the things that, as an adult, you want like Santa Claus's magic to make happen. Um, I think that's. And crap. I think adults. Think I th- yeah, I think that no more than children, adults are selfish bastards. <laughs> or no less, no less than children, and all that, all that uh, altruistic stuff is totally crap. And adults just want, like, uh, you know, a fifty-four inch plasma screen or something. <laughs> That's what they want for Christmas. Well, and anyone who any says rate. otherwise is lying. <laughs> well, one of the one of the pop culture um, levers that this ca- uh, caused us to turn was the. Is Amy Grant a pop singer or is Amy Grant a gospel Christian singer? Lever, um, and I don't know if you guys are familiar with the other work of Amy Grant. Songs like "Baby, Baby," something, 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 um, and that's that's a, her number one single from back in the eighties. Um, might have been early nineties, and but she like sort of came and went out of pop music into like she has a whole bunch of platinum records, but she also like has huge stretches of time where she just sang like gospel Christian music. Uh, and so one of the revelations was that, like, the younger people don't even know who Amy Grant is because she dropped off the radar for so long that she's not even seen as, like, a retro artist because um, she went all gospel and, and, and then maybe she needs to appear on a reality show or something. But that the other one is that, like, 
the people who are enthusiastic about her now seem to have like gone through the records and kind of purged any notion of her as anything other than a Christian musician. Um, so like, you know, she's, you're not allowed to like baby baby anymore. Like you have to think of her as like a gospel. Uh, that's funny. So. It's like Saul of Tarsus. No one remembers who Saul of Tarsus is. Yeah. <laughs> Christians, exactly. Christians are always doing that. Um, yeah. You know, I, I wonder, is there a Christian reality show? I want to uh, I want to propose that we create one right now, and I don't know what we do, but I have a title. The title is "Holier Than Thou." And I and you know it's uh, it's obviously it's a survival style survivor style elimination challenge, and uh, so people compete in a uh, in a series of rounds or contests to prove who is holier than thou, and. Um, and uh, <laughs> can we please can you and then, pull it up? <laughs> and after, when when they're um, when they're cast into outer darkness, where the worm sleepeth not and the fire is never quenched, that is at the end of every episode where you kick one off into the fires yeah. of Gehenna, into the fires of Gehenna, right? where there's wailing and gnashing of teeth, right? <laughs> where there's wailing and grinding of teeth. Yes. Yeah. Um, what you say if the guy's name is like uh, Joe, who's the contestant? Uh, you say, "I'm sorry, Joe." Get thee behind me, <laughs> and that's how you kick the and that's how you kick the guy off. Get thee behind me, Joe. Uh, I, 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 yeah. I would call my Christian reality show uh, Pearl of Great Price, <laughs> and, and in the middle of like there'd be like a, a house where they're all hanging out, and in the middle of it, under like a glass case, would be the actual Pearl of Great Price, <laughs> which is like that you win and it turns out that like you're not actually being told the rules but in fact like you they make you do all this other stuff like they set up all of these other like challenges that you have to overcome and things you have to do but in fact like the only person who actually wins the pearl of grace price is the first person to like voluntarily give away all their possessions <laughs> or um, to visit or to visit someone in jail or to you have to do all the beatitudes yeah 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 afflicted or something all, like that all the corporal works of mercy yeah yeah yeah, yeah. exactly, exactly. Hmm. Uh, all right, Mark Lee, what is your Christian reality show? Oh, wait, no, that's not the question. <laughs> <laughs> uh, America's next top uh, not going to hell person? <laughs> I don't know. I, I was on the podcast last week. I, I'm, I'm kind of re- you know, getting warm back up here. Wait, what is, you know, sorry, Mark, so, what is, what is the pearl of great price? It's, it's like a good woman is a pearl of great price, isn't it? Or wisdom is a pearl of great price. Oh, I, I guess. I think... Well, I mean, of course, I get it confused with uh, with uh, John Steinbeck and that pearl, which is like, <laughs> well, he's evil. Wealth is evil. Um, there's a parable. The parable of the pearl explains the value of the kingdom of heaven, right? And um, let's see. And, and yeah, I know exactly. Um, and so let's see. It says. I'm actually looking this up on Wikipedia. Uh, to make sure you that look I don't it up on Wikipedia. We'll come back to you. I, I, I stomped right on Mark. I'm sorry about that, Mark. I am well, stomped. The only idea is that a merchant you know sells everything to get the fancy pearl. That's what it is. Is you have to give away all your possessions, and oh. it's related to saying like you have to give it. When the guy says, "I followed all the rules. I did everything in the in the Bible. You know what am I supposed to do to go to heaven?" And he says like, "Give away all your possessions and follow me." And like that's the story of the Pearl of Great Price. Got it. Yep. Uh, sorry, Mark. I I ask for your I ask for your forgiveness. I have sinned against you, and uh, <laughs> you know I I lay myself prostrate before you and uh, beg that you that you forgive me for this transgression. Well, uh, all I have to say is overthink unto others as you would have overthought <laughs> unto you. And with that, I have I will share my three Thanksgiving pop culture revelations. I have 
three, not one, not two, not three, but three. Thanksgiving like pop Owl culture revelations. Yeah. Um, the first is um, I found out through uh, my my sister in law's sister, who's a uh, high school junior, that um, well, I kind of knew this already, but I had this confirmed that young people do not use Twitter. Twitter is for old people. Uh, Facebook definitely still in. You know, that's not going anywhere. But Twitter has not caught on with the young folk. Um, the second, also... You can follow us from, at overtweeting it. Twitter.com slash overtweeting it. Yeah, and with a jerk with overthinking it, uh, you know, relinquish that to Who's us. That? You have yeah. October. It's Last o- night at, at one in the morning. I, yeah, that guy hasn't updated since October 2000. Yeah, I, 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 we're, we're launching a crusade. We're launching a holy war <laughs> in, this, uh, in, this, in this Christ-themed podcast that we are <laughs> embarking upon now. Uh, we're launching a holy war against uh, at overthinking it on Twitter. We want your name, <laughs> uh, and we will mow you down like the Saracens if you don't. Uh, really <laughs> <to us. laughs> I like how, I like how our like our like Christian part of Christmas starts earlier each year. It's like now yeah. it's Halloween and we're already like harping on heathens. Yeah, baby, this is the <laughs> war on the war on Christmas. Yeah, man. <laughs> so what else did Mark? So Mark, so Twitter is not for the youngsters. They don't like to tweet. Right. right. Uh, the second thing I learned is that the Jonas Brothers are not for high schoolers. This is a shock to me. I thought I equated it with Jonas Brothers with. High school girls. Apparently, um, high school girls are too old for the Jonas Brothers. That was middle school girls. So, um, you know, a, a, a so South a Park simple, was right, basically. Uh, I didn't catch that South Park episode, oh, but the, uh, typically the one, when, the, when South Park is typically right. So it's the I'll one see. where Mickey. It's the one where Mickey comes to visit the Jonas Brothers because they want to take off their purity rings and go their own way, go a little <laughs> harder core. And uh, Mickey, uh, Mickey says, "Ha ha." If you're going to sell sex to children, you've got to do it with a purity ring. And then Mickey starts beating the, the, beating the ass out of the Jonas Brothers and is like, bam, bam, bam. We're selling sex to children. You got that? Bam, bam, bam. <laughs> bam. It's, it's actually, it's really freaking funny. Wow. That's good stuff. Um, but anyway, so my last Thanksgiving pop culture revelation is... Um, three three hundred. The movie three hundred not so popular with the, female, with the female audiences. Not nearly as popular as I thought, because the two females in the house that I was in um, <laughs> did not want to watch three hundred when it came on. I was like, "Oh, sweet, three hundred's on." I've never seen this before. This is not my your, chance. Uh, your sister in law and her younger sister. Exactly. Yeah, and they fled the room. Uh, I'm not sure why, because there's lots of you know uh, sexy abs, man abs. Yeah. Well, where did you get movie? the idea that women like 300? Where did you? Where did that come out? I, I, I don't know because for some reason I heard somewhere that like Gerard Butler is dreamy and hot. No. Oh. Well, what about the app? I think Gerard Butler is dreamy and hot, but he's hot in like in romantic comedies. He's not hot in uh, you know 300. I, I I don't know. Like those abs. Like correct me if I'm wrong. Did they like CGI enhance the abs? I mean, they're like these guys are pretty ripped. Look, and, men, women don't want abs. Women want a guy with a good personality who's funny, <laughs> talks to them. Women do not want dudes in briefs with like computer-generated stomach muscles. That's just absurd. <laughs> women haven't much- you been on? I mean, haven't you ever been on an, an online dating site? Yeah. <laughs> I always put personality when they ask me what the best part of my body is. It's personality. <laughs> <laughs> How's that working out for you? Well, I guess uh, I've, been, I've, I've only know. been. <laughs> I've only been on datesparta.com, so 
you know, where, where size of abs and size of shield and victories in battle are. The main, um, I, yeah, I was on I was on GreekDate.com and uh, I just it was a total other a totally other crowd than I was uh, <laughs> than, than I was expecting. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, I have a website about my past sexual conquest called the Three Hundred. Not quite, not quite. Divide my a lot. Anyway, so I enjoyed watching Three Hundred a lot. And speaking of Twitter, actually, I don't know if anyone noticed, but I was kind of live tweeting um, uh, Three Hundred as I went. Yeah, and- on the OTI Twitter feed, which was fantastic. Yes, yeah, yeah. I- and um, I, you know, I really enjoyed watching Lena Headey, you know, from uh, Sarah Connor from. Uh, you know, Terminator Sarah Connor Chronicles travel back in time to warn the Spartans about Skynet. Um, <laughs> That's pretty great. Was she? A, was she a buxom wench of some sort? Well, she was the queen. She oh, was Gerard yeah. Butler. Uh, no, I, honestly, I gotta, I gotta admit that I have not seen Three Hundred. Oh, you, you didn't see Three Hundred? Oh, but there's so little actual movie to watch. <laughs> it's really easy. They took it's like short. twenty minutes of movie and then they put slow motion into it. <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty know. short. Actually, it's like an hour and a half, and yeah. the action is r- relentless. The parts, even you know, in a slow motion kind of way. Yeah, and it's just, it, mean, it is visually, it is, it is, it is a visual feast to watch. Sir, <laughs> I mean, regardless of whether you, you know, you, you, you like it, ads. It, in terms, in terms slow of- motion action shouldn't be called re- relentless. It should be called inevitable. You know, because you know, you know, the fist is going to make contact with that cheek. It just takes it five minutes to happen. <laughs> The movie that 300 the most most resembles in terms of style and artistic mission has got to be Space Jam, uh, because it's like you, you you have this like sort of <laughs> you have this like framing device of this important game that needs to happen between these like fantasy these like fantasy sides, and it's sort of important, but you're really there to see the slow motion action, right? And then like you've also got this B plot that's really awkward and unpleasant, and so in one of the B plots you've got what is it? Sean Bradley is in the hospital with Charles Barkley and Patrick Ewing, and they can't play basketball, and then the other one the queen of sparta gets raped by the council um which is really very similar when you get right no hey i have <laughs> I, have, uh, I have breaking news from the uh, the amy grant wikipedia page uh grant joined the reality television phenomenon by hosting three wishes a show in which she and a team of helpers make wishes come true for small town residents uh debuted wow. on nbc in the fall of 2005 and was canceled <laughs> uh, I really canceled it canceled like at the end of its deal. first season because of high production costs. Well, wow. yes, I suppose that making wishes dump come true does come with some uh high production costs. I mean, I bet you they did it wrong. Like I bet you what they did is like, oh, like so and so wants to like have a new addition on their house or like so and so wants to go to college. No, like I want to see somebody come home, have no idea if this is going to happen, like I'll open the door and find like a ten foot wide banana split sundae, you know, like it's just like giant pile of ice cream, or like you know, and like you have people like write wishes down and like put them in pieces of paper, right? Or like, oh, like they come home and like, oh my god, it's Tony Gwynn. Like I always sort of wanted to meet Tony Gwynn. <laughs> you know like, what? Contact hitter for the San Diego Padres. How's it going? Like I feel like there's a way. I feel like wishes. Granting wishes is more fun when we acknowledge. I think this is why the genie and the lamp stories work. Granting wishes is a funnier uh, narrative device when we realize that what people wish for is strange and not necessarily always what they it's ought very, to. Very, very idiosyncratic and often quite mundane. 
Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, also, like, you know, I, I would prefer to see the surreal side of what people wish for. You know, it's like you get to go to the prom, but like it's like, a, you know, you go to a senior citizen prom at like a nursing home. I know, remember. A, uh, well, I think that on this reality show, they should only grant wishes off the adult Christmas list. <laughs> you know, like like world peace and things like this. I remember oh, reading a, of- a story. Yeah, speaking you know. of high production costs, there. <laughs> I really want someone war. in the first episode to wish Amy Grant to give him a million wishes, and the rest is about her lifetime of servitude. That would be pretty. <laughs> 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 oh, I, I I remember reading a story in the third grade where. Uh, uh, a girl got three wishes, and she was on her way to school wondering what she should wish for, and she realized that she'd forgotten to do her homework, and she said, Oh, no, I forgot to do my homework. I wish I was dead. Oh, no. Uh, that's dark. <laughs> and we laughed. Mm. Did you did you guys do the read the story about the guy with the cards with the red dots in them, and the kids would put their thumbs on it and make a wish, and, like, some guy turned into a tree? Um... Is this making any sense to anybody? It was like not called the what the wish not the wishmaster. That's did you guys see Wishmaster? Oh my god, that movie's hilarious. That's like the evil genie movie where like he has incredible powers, but like he can only use them when people wish for things. So the movie is like a string of unlikely situations where he can tricks people into wishing for things that kill them. Like uh, like the, my favorite one is when he goes up to the security guard outside of a building he's trying to break into. The genie does, and and it's like, sorry, you can't get in here. And he's like, don't you want anything? And he's like, you can't get in here. And it's like, yo, can't I give you your wildest dreams? And it's like, you know, like, well, to get in here, you'd have to go through me, and I'd like to see that. He's like, <laughs> and he like plasters him to the door, and like CGI, and like two dimensions, and then like walks through the door. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, yeah, I don't know. I just went for like a short story that I, or a, a, no, a short, more like a children's novel that I read in like fourth grade to like a cruddy, cruddy movie I watched on on Sci-Fi back when it had a, a C in it. You know, like however many years ago. Um, so there you how's go. The, uh, how's the Sci-Fi Channel doing? You'll remember our uh, our earlier podcast about the Sci-Fi Channel, uh, Dare Hayfish in Venedic, when. Um, <laughs> Which, loosely translated, uh, comes out in English as Shark in Venice. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> maybe it's Haifish. I don't know. Any German listeners want to correct my pronunciation? And, um, yes, uh, how are they doing since they rebranded SYFY? Well, I can't speak well, for I, them generally, but I know um, that uh, they, were, they, had, they had a James Bond movie marathon over, uh, over, over Thanksgiving week. Which is not very science fiction-y, if you ask me. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, James Bond has his gadgets, sure, but... Uh, you know, there's no aliens or, um, especially or blue skinned aliens as we know, which I gotta is say, I miss, I miss, uh, ever since I kind of ditched cable, I miss, um, channel surfing and finding like the James Bond marathon. Now, now that I get the, uh, the television through the downloads, through the downloadable on the Apple TV, on the, uh, on the Apple TVs, I, um, I, I miss that serendipity, that experience of serendipity of, you know, finding, finding stuff that you, uh, Finding stuff that you didn't know you want, mm. which is can't quite what you get from the serendipity of the bit torrents. Is that what you mean? Mm. Bit torrents, Mark. I'm talking about the legal downloads on the Amazons and the iTunes Store and the Netflix Watch Instantly. Oh I yes, just that, my those... roommate's computer and watch whatever on that. Then I and I break into orphanages and I take their cereal. <laughs> yes, it is like yes, right, exactly. Because because yeah. downloading a movie is tantamount to being a terrorist. It is. Uh, you know what else tantamount to being a terrorist? 
is what I watched on Sci-Fi this weekend, which was making the movie Mega Shark versus Giant Octopus, which I was able to convince my friends to watch a solid twenty minutes of before we couldn't tolerate it anymore. But I was very shocked, and that movie is great. That movie was—I mean, the twenty minutes of that movie I watched were awesome, and I didn't even see any giant sharks or octopuses or mega sharks. Octo- octopi. Octopi. Wow, I got that totally wrong. Mega sharks. Or giant octopi. <laughs> um, it's not like giant octopus. Like being an octopus is not a quality of being a giant. But no, but um, what I was very surprised with that movie, that movie stars, I've talked about that movie before, that movie stars Debbie Gibson, Deborah Gibson, none other than Deborah Gibson, <laughs> as like a scientist who for some reason like makes out with people all the time. And, like, uh, and also they let her run tactical air command for no reason. Um, like she like if I, she's like shouldn't that pilot be flying higher or else he'll be hit by the tentacle of that giant octopus and it's like no like why are you here when you should be making the the pheromones to lure the sharks to San Francisco ah. no but they actually don't say that um, yeah but there were a couple of things I thought were really funny about that movie one was that they had establishing shots like every five minutes as if they wished to had commercial breaks constantly where they would like say okay we're at the naval lab. And then, like, there's like a dun, scene, dun, 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 like, aerial shot of the naval lab. Aunt, dun, yeah. dun, we're outside the fence of the naval lab. Cut, then you cut, go cut. Inside, These are like, some buildings Debbie at the naval like, lab. <laughs> then you go inside. It's like a guy in, a, in fatigues with a machine gun and sunglasses standing there. So you know it's a naval lab. And then you go inside. It's like Debbie Gibson's like, oh, I'm so vulnerable. And then she makes out with some guy. And then it's like, cut to establishing shot of the naval lab. Like, again, like the whole thing happens all over again. Same shot. And then you go right back into the same room. It's like they keep expecting you to jump in and out. Um, it also starred international superstar Lorenzo Lamas, uh, who you may remember from such shows as Renegade or Hot or Not. Hot or Not uh, is, where, is where I know, uh, I really know Lorenzo Lamas, international superstar. Yeah, and superstar he's starting Lorenzo to look Lamas positively from... Seagal-ish. He's definitely starting to look a lot like Steven Seagal, which is kind of creepy. Hey, you know uh, what? It just occurs to me. I never answered the question. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, it's not you. It's me. Baby, it's... <laughs> Baby, it's not you. It's me. Okay. <laughs> I just got lost in your personality. All right. Well, I just wonder why Debbie Gibson takes that role. Maybe she's just like <laughs> making out with people. <laughs> it's like we're humiliating you, and it's terrible. Hey, anyway. you know what? We like actors that work. Remember? <laughs> That's true. That is <laughs> that was, true. That was your standard, and it's one that now I, I uh, subscribe to wholeheartedly. We like Excellent. actors that work. You are, you are an overthinking-it muse if you work. <laughs> anyway, right, so, so answer your question. Yeah, uh, look, here's here's mine, and it's less a pop culture revelation. Well, it is. It's the revelation is this: it's very hard to find a Thanksgiving movie for after the Thanksgiving dinner. I was not uh, there. But, um, I mean, that is if you're not going to watch football, which my family is not. I was not there, but at my brother's, uh, at my brother's celebration of Thanksgiving, which my, uh, my mom was at, um, and then my brother's roommates, like grandparents, were, uh, were at. So this was like a multi-generational kind of, uh, kind of thing. Uh, they watched The Hangover. <laughs> and this right like uh my and my mom uh, my mom called it the bachelor party but i don't think she meant the bachelor party like i'm not sure there if there's a movie called that but i'm sure it's it's dirtier than than what even they would I, i've seen the movie bachelor party it, it, it has a murder in it it's actually not very much fun it stars i think uh uh andrew mccarthy um and i thought that maybe like mario lopez was in it or something maybe not i'll i'll, I'll i actually did that without... what, they, what they watched was the hangover 
Oh, okay. Uh, and... And you know, I thought, gosh, that's—I'm not sure that I'd want grand to be in the room with grandparents while they experience uh, while they experience the hangover. Hey, you know, bachelor, bachelor party! Tom Hanks. Wow, yeah. bachelor party! Tom Hanks, 1984. I'm Debbie Thompson. Watched some sort of oh no, Tom, Tawny Kitten, who is uh, Tawny Kane? You know who that is? She's in the. She, she, was, she was on the White Snake video, right? Yeah, she's the chick on the tour of the car from yes. White Snake. <laughs> she was also on America's Funniest People. And she was also played the part of the original De Janeiro in the Kevin Sorbo Hercules television movies. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. She, you know, those are Tony Katane. She's definitely an overthinking muse. She is up there. <laughs> she got smoke machines and fake spear guns and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but, but going back to the intergenerational movie night thing, um, isn't that what Pixar movies are for? Hello, like that, that. Like to yeah. me, like if you know, you're in that kind of posi- in that kind of position where you need to find a, a movie that appeals to the broadest, you know, swath of American population as possible. You go Pixar. You do not fail. Well, I mean, well, we watched everyone was in Bachelor TV. Party. Mm. Really, right? Like yeah. Wendy Jo Sperber. Why do <laughs> I know her? Personally, no. Like maybe. No, no, no. no. What do I know her from? I don't know. From IMDb? From IMDb? Uh, she yeah, was on... that, that's what I'm thankful for, is IMDb. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. Well, I mean, on TV in the afternoon or after... Like, it used to be It's the Wonderful Life was on TV after Thanksgiving dinner, right? And then they cut back on that because they used to play it too much. Now it's Home Alone is the movie that's on after Thanksgiving dinner on TV, as far as I know. And that's what we were watching. Um, I mean, I enjoy Home Alone. I think it's excellent. Um I mean, I'm surprised by how slow it is. I don't know if you guys have watched Home Alone recently, but I was really surprised when watching Home Alone, like, how the pacing of it is very deliberate. And there's, like, moments where you watch Joe Pesci, like, climbing the stairs before he falls that aren't necessarily, like, oh, my God, oh, my God moments. It's like, let's watch Joe Pesci interact with his environment for a moment before we subject his body to permanent harm. <laughs> uh, yeah, but, like, like the, the writing of Kevin, I always thought it was really sharp. Like, the way that that character is built, both in terms of the way it's, it's put on screen, the way it's acted. Um, but it's also very reserved. It's very much like he's sort of an old man character, and like things happen kind of slowly. It's not this like romp that uh, that I think people remember it as. But anyway, Matt, what did, what did you end? You ended up watching what? The Hangover? You said I didn't well, want to interrupt. It wasn't you. me. It was at it was at my brother's house, and so this oh. this was what they they ended up watching. I thought I thought it was a little uh, I thought it was a little uh, a little funny. Mm. I don't know. What do you What do you do? I think I think Pixar. You're right. Is always a safe bet. Mm. Mark Terminator. Is there a movie about eating a no, lot of food? No, that's me. Yeah. What? what you know, you Pete. You know what I what I had that same observation with is um, uh, when we did Ghostbusters week, and I watched the first Ghostbusters movie. I mean, yeah. I think the the writing of the first Ghostbusters movie is probably head and shoulders above the first Home Alone movie. But okay. uh, how how much um, how much dead air there is compared with what we're used to watching in television and film these days. Mm-hmm. Is it dead air, or is yeah. it just the pace of the cuts? No, it's the the pace. It's not just the pace of the cuts. It's the pace of incident in the movie. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the shots are by and large longer, and you'll hold on someone while they say something rather than you know cutting around 
uh, in this kind of um, ADD sort of way that that we seem to do now in in I guess what is referred to as the MTV style. But uh, it's it, it's not just that; it's the pace of incident. A great deal less happens in the plot of a movie like Ghostbusters than happens uh, or Home Alone. Well, than happens in Home Alone. How, there you go. How about that? Or then really then happens in like, you know, The Dark Knight or uh, one of the Harry Potter movies or one of the Twilight movies. Mm-hmm. Hey, speaking. I mean, <clears throat> oh, yeah. Sorry. I was going to oh, transition. The best example no, no, of that. Oh, see, the best example of that is the new Star Trek movie where they never walk from one part of the ship to the other. They always run. Right. Um, <laughs> well, if, the, I mean, right. Exactly. Like, you know, Star Trek. And the next generation have lots of scenes that happen in corridors and elevators. Yeah. You know, just kind of striding around in corridors and elevators. Yeah. Outside the doors, like half the freaking series takes place outside the doors of the holodeck. You know, (laughs) (laughs) you know, right. Leading up to the words computer begin program. Mm. Uh, LaForge one where he he makes out with the, the sexy nuclear scientist. Or whatever she is, warp engineer. Right, right, right. You think that you guys not see the straight to video up. Kevin Sorbo Hercules movies? <laughs> <laughs> oh, straight to TV. They were really good. Hercules, Hercules in the Lost City. Actually, that didn't have Tony Katane in it. That was one of the introduced the actors who played Gabrielle. But uh, Hercules and the the one with the fire. Whatever. Hercules and the Amazon women. Bueller. Oh, hey. Um, Speaking of Hercules, uh, Conan the Barbarian, uh, Conan, what is best in life? To crush your enemies, see them driven before you, and hear the lamentations of the women. Is that a quote from Genghis Khan? Oh. I think, he's, I, I think I, I that don't... Conan is quoting Genghis Khan there. Because I, I heard that I heard a quote like that, a quotation like that attributed to Genghis Khan. Now, you all know No, no, no. no I, guys, I, I always thought that Arnold was just improving that. That's just what Arnold thinks is is best in life, <laughs> yeah. and not paying your not paying your back taxes. Have you heard this? The governor has, uh, I guess, has neglected to pay some black taxes, or at least so says the Internal Revenue Service, who filed a lien against you know I don't know one of his many Hummers. Oh, mm-hmm. poor 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 Arnold! It's a losing battle. How do you administer a state like California when there's no property tax to speak of? Yeah. Um, the, okay, so the line is a paraphrase of a real statement made by Temochin, a.k.a. Genghis Khan, the Mongolian conqueror. His statement, translated, is, The greatest pleasure is to vanquish your enemies and chase them before you, to rob them of their wealth and see those dear to them bathed in tears, to ride their horses and clasp to your bosom their wives and daughters. Notice he's interested <laughs> in sons, as in that day and age, uh, many young boys were violent and expendable. Uh, and that's not worth saving after most successful conquests. I don't know who that guy is. This is just off of a random website, which means it has to be true. Um, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So their I, I think wives I've heard that and their daughters to your bosoms. Yeah. Perv. Yeah. Perv, yeah. God, no better than Roman Polanski, that guy. Oh, come on. Now, now we're just compensating. Now we're overcompensating. <laughs> Hey, speak, oh, like, speaking sorry, of bosom clutching. Sorry, that's the other website. This is overthinking it. I thought we were on overcompensating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, guys, I got this great new grill. It's got a giant injector for my propane. It just it has this burning heat that just totally fries that meat. Like I put it in there and the power is just searing and it just can't resist to just get deliciously cooked. You know what I'm saying? Like it's so cooked in that shit. Excuse me, stuff, place. <laughs> 
You bleep that. I'll bleep it with my propane. I'm overcompensating. I was trying to make a segue there. I was saying, speaking, speaking of clutching bosoms. You know? <laughs> okay, well, OMG. okay. I'm, you, you've piqued my interest. Where are you going with this segue? Uh, you know, OMG Twilight, right? No bosoms are clutched in Twilight. Twilight I thought you were going to talk about Adam Lambert. Yeah, right? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, No bosoms are clutched by Adam Lambert either. No, no, no. No bosoms are clutched in Twilight. Well, no, people clutch their own bosoms because they're so overwhelmed by emotion while watching. Yeah, that's what I was referring to. Thank you, Pete. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, of course. Yeah, I guess so. Twilight is extremely chaste. I mean, Twilight gave birth to the sexy, sexy chastity tag on overthinking, you know, and actually that, that is to this day, uh, the greatest episode download of the overthinking and podcast is the twilight one. Actually, there are two funny story. Okay. Well, we're way off topic already today. So why not tell this story? One the topic is, is aircraft engineering, right? <laughs> well, yeah, that's, that's what we did on the Google wave. Uh, we, had, we had all determined that we would talk about aircraft engineering and we were all replying to each other about different types of aircraft engineering. That's correct. Um, I like the Bernoulli. Principle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, the uh, yeah. No, I like the newer, more aerodynamic uh, jumbo jets. No, uh, the two biggest downloads that we've had for any episode of the Overthinking Podcast. One, and I think that these are both ba- based on the title and not on what we actually discussed. Um, yeah. <laughs> like one, someone looks for it and just like finds it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, that like we we inadvertently uh, end up SEOing our podcast by picking these crazy titles that we pick, and um, yeah, and that and that the content very often is only tangentially related to the title, <laughs> if if at all. One was oh. sexy, sexy chastity. Oh, wait, wait, can I guess what the other one is? Yes. Is it Osama bin Laden loves Taylor Swift? <laughs> no, it is was it? not Osama no! bin Laden loves Taylor Swift. Damn. Though, that was a good episode. As I said on that episode, <laughs> Osama bin Laden <laughs> loves Taylor Swift because yeah. they both hate what is best in America. No, I you know what? Gab, our uh, our one of our earliest um sort of personalities in the in the comment thread and and a stalwart reader of overthinking it. Hi Gab, how you doing? You back in Vegas? Um the uh, Gab pointed out to me, she took me to task, and I, I think she was right about this. Uh, this Wow, rather admitting he's wrong. This is a red-letter podcast. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, she said, you know, aren't you, you know, for as awful as you think they are, aren't you at least glad that she writes her own stuff, uh, that she at least takes her own journal entries and converts them into songs that she rhythmically chants uh, in something that I guess you could say approximates a melody and is not, you know, packaged in the machine like Miley Cyrus or Demi Lovato. And I, I, I have to I have to give her that point, right? Like, yes, absolutely. Well, no, Demi Lovato writes her own songs, too. But I'm sure she doesn't that's... write all of her own songs. <laughs> I'm sure there's one or two songs on the Wizards of Waverly Place. Yeah. That, you know, fair that, enough. Fair that enough. she was not responsible for. But um, the... Uh, yeah, oh, yeah, great post about Demi Lovato by Pete uh, last week, before Verhover thinking it week. But I'm getting off topic, as is my want. No, yeah. the, other, the other one, and this is because it got linked from a Christian website, and this, this is the, again, with the War on the War on Christmas podcast here. Um, 
uh, was iPhone abstinence app. Oh, yeah. And that got, <laughs> that sent like hundreds and hundreds of downloads through this uh, through this one website that links to it probably without listening to <laughs> a single word because you only have to listen to five minutes of this show to know that we are a extremely we're not profane an iPod and b irreverent and that there is no you know it's i chastity belt the iphone apps it's i pledge right the um it's i pledge the daddy daughter ring virginity ceremony uh, the, that creepy thing that the um, <laughs> that people do, right? Like, so how else can we trick people like fundamentalist Christians to listen to our podcast? I mean, if we are <laughs> ones who do listen to our podcast, then more power to them because I don't think it's necessarily that bad. But for ones who have no interest in listening to our podcast, how do we build our readership among them? <laughs> <laughs> should, we, uh, should we call it like? Should we call the podcast like uh, like Salvation Through Faith Alone? <laughs> or, like, <laughs> should we call the podcast like? Uh, like Christian retreat in Boca Raton, 2010. Like, like this is, we are podcasting through faith alone because we, we have really just dispensed with our agenda. And <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay. The biplane is more stable than a monoplane. But at the same time, it has increased drag. It's just commensurate with the lift. That's one of the main problems of aeronautical engineering is that in order to increase lift, you often need to increase drag, which lowers your airspeed, which, of course, hurts the maneuverability of the plane and its ability to travel over long distances efficiently. So the biplane was eventually replaced uh, by space shuttles, which use lasers. <laughs> <laughs> lasers are very important. Okay. So <laughs> so what I mean drink when Lee encourages people to get back on topic. Uh we we could do that. that. Drink, we can do that. Drink, I actually had a couple of drink when rather today. recites poetry. Would you like to hear some Paradise Lost? <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you pick a random selection for Paradise Lost and read it to us right now? <laughs> it's not random. I was going to go with some natural tears they dropped but wiped them soon. The world oh. was all before them, where to choose their place of rest and providence their guide. They, hand in, in hand, hand, in hand with, with you better, wandering... You better what? still oh. be drinking. Better still be oh. drinking. Glug, 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 glug. With wandering steps and slow. Steps and slow. Through Eden. Eden took, took their, their solitary solid. way. And take a breath. You're done drinking. Oh. <laughs> you know, I can do that with meatloaf lyrics too, Matt, rather. Oh, so can we? Impressive. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll do it right now. Well, I remember we're, we're, every little thing. We're going to go all the way tonight. Yesterday. We're going to go Talking all the, the car. way tonight. <laughs> no tonight. one over there in sight. Okay, we're not actually going to do this. <laughs> there's a topic <laughs> we have, and, and we're going to talk about Twilight. In the deep and because these night. people don't stick to the topic. Are you drinking? Okay. <laughs> you, know, um, you, know who, you know who else can see Paradise by the dashboard light? Who? Uh, Bella Swan in Tw- oh. the heroine of uh, of Stephen Meyer's Twilight novels. You gotta, like, are you, you wait, gotta, are, we're not going to make a bat out of hell reference. You can't make a bat out of hell reference for the vampires. <laughs> back into hell, bat out of hell too. Back into hell. You have to drink when we attempt a. Uh, you have to drink when we uh, attempt a segue. We are going to give our readership alcohol poisoning. This is not going to be a good thing. We're going to set up too many criteria. Too many criteria. Uh, almost $200 million for the Twilight movie. We want to say anything about it? I mean, I guess chastity sells. Holy freaking crap. Which is that's been, a lot of money. Uh, that's, that's been a, a tenet of marketing since the days of Don Draper, right? Chastity sells. 
Mm, mm, mm. I mean, it makes sense. I mean, it definitely makes sense. It's it's hitting its audience pretty strong. Obviously, certain kinds of entertainment are a little bit countercyclical. If the situation isn't so bad in the economy, right, I and mean, that people can't afford to go to the movies, then they'll cut out on more expensive entertainments, do things that are more modest. And despite the fact that they still cost you an arm and a leg, uh, movies are not that expensive of an entertainment as a no, way. Yeah, to I was about to say, who can't go to who can't go to the movies? Yeah. Right? Like, uh, what other form of entertainment is as cheap? I guess you can rent a video. But what what other form of entertainment outside the house is as cheap? As cheap as one of the movies? Yeah, not live theater, not a baseball game. You know, not even the nosebleed seats in a baseball game. You take a family of four to a baseball game and buy everyone a hot dog and, you know, you're... uh, you're easily you can see three movies for that for that even even if you don't sneak candy in like I do even if you uh, you know eat the the six dollar twelve hundred calorie bag of medium popcorn yeah I think you got to lower it down to uh, like sort of semi pro level stuff like you could go to a minor league baseball game you could go see like a hole in the wall black box theater show but you're not going to see something that's top of the line the way that you can see a movie that's top of the line even community it's... theaters like twenty bucks to twenty bucks a pop these days you know that's madness yeah madness. And, and much of it is not worth twenty bucks a pop <laughs> wow you're making some enemies tonight <laughs> community theater people they are out going to come in force and, and take us down it's not going to be a good situation. <laughs> let, let me let me interject briefly and make a plug for, gonna, for something that costs march on us with like slightly too much cheek rouge you know on <laughs> and like you know b- b- ill-fitting you know polyester costumes in primary colors yes don't forget the fake mustache and the oh you know what pisses me off more than anything else sorry mark we'll get to you in a second is when young people paint their hair white with whatever the hell that that silver <laughs> stuff is that you apply with a toothbrush and everyone like puts it on their temples and thinks oh it'll read older because someone has taught them like two words from the business right it'll read older let me strike this okay mark what do you want to say (laughs) no i just wanted to just do a a quick plug for um we talked about you know an entertainment dollar for top-notch entertainment um if you want to see top-notch uh theater musical theater comedy in new york for an extremely low price of like ten dollars for an hour and a half show do yourself a favor. Look up striking Viking story pirates. And you live in New York City. Look up striking Viking story pirates. Catch your next After Dark show. You will not be disappointed. It's the best uh, entertainment dollar per quality ratio you're going to find on this planet. I guarantee you. That's Wait, it. Wow. The, the story pirates? Striking Viking story pirates. I, uh... I actually know the guy whose company that is. He went to my yeah. high school. Oh, one of yeah. my coworkers. One of my coworkers is a striking Viking story pirate. Oh, fantastic! And it's, it is it is like ten bucks for an hour and a half show, which just rocks your world. You know what? They're going to be in L.A. during December in residence at the Geffen Theater. So, um, you know, L.A. listeners, you can uh, you can probably go to the Geffen website and see uh, something. Now they're doing the other thing that they do, which is like residencies in schools, like writing residencies with kids and. And then they perform the uh, they perform the stories that the kids have written uh, right. in a in a the theatrical presentation. But this sounds like the the after dark shows are like more uh, for an adult audience. No, they take the same shows that are written by kids and perform them for adults. Oh, that's fantastic! And it, it is and it is still like you know just the best entertainment your money can buy in New yeah. York City, my opinion. I gotta say, also in New York, there's a theater called Arts no- uh, Ars Nova. That is that is pretty freaking cool. I think it's, it's in, right by where the Daily Show used to film and where oh, Colbert's Kitchen. Now, right? Isn't that where it is? Yeah. 
Yeah. Is that where Ars Nova is? I used to live right by there. That's a hell of a... Uh, yeah, and work right by there, too, at at, uh, at the uh, the theatrical concern that you, you worked for. Yeah, yeah, but that was a... They were a little bit farther downtown, but well, yeah. Oh, fair enough. Yeah, still, yeah, still, yeah. Still in Ars Nova. Um, yeah. Cool. Oh, also, oh, hey, hey, I got to give a shout-out to our friends because they're friends of the podcast. They sent an email at the Tank Theater, which is right around the corner from Five Napkin Burger on 9th Avenue and... Uh, Oh, what is it? 43rd Street. And uh, Piece of Chicken, the fantastic hole-in-the-wall fried chicken fried chicken place. Yes, that's why you listen to the Overthinking It podcast, where we subject restaurant and theater recommendations <laughs> to a level of scrutiny. They probably... Is this when we get back to the topic of relative merits of different fried chicken uh, franchises? <laughs> hey, yeah, no, our, there are friends at the tank. And if you mention okay. Overthinking It to the one person who is employed there who listens to our show, I'm sure you can score yourself a hefty discount so you won't be paying like uh you know what you'd be paying up 43rd street right you won't be paying like 120 bucks to see bye bye birdie or something something like this yeah no uh bang for your entertainment buck yeah no i mean you can always come see my improv shows (laughs) what does it cost to get into an improv show pete uh some of my shows are around seven bucks some of them go up to about 15 depending um, and of course, when I perform in a festival, it usually comes in the form of like buying a pass where you get like a couple days worth of shows for somewhere between like 25 and 50 bucks. So, but that's the kind of thing where it's only really a value if you're going to go see like 10 shows, right? You're yeah. going to watch like hours of this stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's, it's pretty reasonable. Uh, it's tricky because you know, I think people get into price wars where if one theater ups their prices a little bit, then the other theater is in the same place it's where it's like the inverse price for it's like you don't want to be seen as the cheap place um so like if one place raises its prices you might raise them too if you don't think that you're um the people who come to your shows if you don't think that their demand is like an elastic demand if you don't think that fewer people are going to come to your shows than already do because they're expensive um there's like a sort of race to be seen as quality i suppose well right yeah that's Uh, i mean it has to do with perceived value right and that's why you never never ever ever Ever, if you ever present anyone who's listening to this, if you ever present community theater or amateur theatricals or professional theatricals for that matter, don't give comps or don't ever give it away for free. Charge yeah. something. Charge five yeah. bucks, right? But I have to hammer people for this sometimes because like they don't get it. You know, they don't, you go to like do a gig at a bar somewhere. It's like at least charge a dollar at the door. Yeah, exactly. You know? Right, and that yeah. like and and it also like if you if you do advanced sales, they have to pay something or else they won't show up. If they don't pay any. Anything, they won't show up, right? And for God's sake, if you're going to write, if you're going to put a website out there full of, of you know, very well written articles, charge for it. Don't give it away for free. <laughs> Five thousand word articles. <laughs> well, we do charge for it in the form of we subject our our uh, readers to advertisements, mm-hmm. though not on this uh, not on this podcast. Well, no, I think that I think this, uh, this whole idea of perceived value. We're trying, what? we're trying Wait. desperately to aver- to get some advertisements on this podcast. So I, I guess, I, yeah, we'll give you a, like a, a very cheap CPM if you're an advertiser and want <laughs> to advertise with us. Sorry, Pete. Well, no, but people, people, people perceive content online as costing nothing, as being free. I mean, the same exact same thing applies that we're talking here with, with theater shows, right? Mm. Maybe this is the point out, uh, t- time to point out that Overthinking It and the Overthinking It podcast are supported by listeners like you. Thanks <laughs> for your donations on the site. Just click the Did donate you, button. You know, Matt, I don't know if, if talking about it actually raises the don- – I guess it raises some donations. I, I've been a little bit uh, uh, thinking about this lately about how many people I know will like plug what they're doing by listing like when it is and what time it is and how you can get access to it and how like little that motivates me to want to go see it. 
You know what I mean? They'll be like, oh yeah, come see me at the blah blah blah, and like seven thirty at the blah blah blah, and it costs blah blah blah. And it's like this is that does nothing to tell me. Well, I I got to say, our our listeners, the last time we we only really plug donations. I only do the full on public radio style five minute plug uh, yeah. during a listener feedback show. And the last time I did that, our listenership came out in force. Yeah, and, and we're really grateful for that. Definitely, it is. Yeah, no, no, it's fantastic, and they funded, you know, fully. Uh, in that one, they, they funded three or four months worth of our expenses on, on the site, which is oh, great. Wow. Cause God knows the Google ads aren't doing it. Um, mm. yeah. So, uh, but what, so Pete, how should, how should we advertise things? You know, cause I, you know, I'm in, uh, live theatrical performances, right? Oh, well. I, th- I think that we should take a take a uh, bra- um, we should take a, a page out of the book of contemporary commercial corporate advertisement and just uh, put out videos and, and depictions of bad things happening to the people who use our product. That's always. Drink the root beer. Drink the root beer. Oh no, my wife left me. At least I have the root beer. You know, like that's like that's how you. <laughs> I feel like I've seen that commercial a bazillion times if I've seen it once. Um, I don't know if it would work for community theater. Being like, I wonder what I should do tonight. Hey, I'll go see uh, a Christmas Carol at like the the Hermitage at the Historical Society for five dollars. Oh wow! Like I have gout, and like I have full, I have full hamstring. Wow! I Man, tripped over. I, yeah. Go see Christmas Carol. I tripped over a curb and got hit by a fire hydrant in the balls. Yeah. Right? yeah, like, yeah. Wow! I'm I'm excited <laughs> about the Christmas Carol. Uh, this is yeah, we yeah. did this during the Super Bowl, right? Um, we kind of counted the number of ads where bad things happen to you. Yeah, 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 definitely. We did that. That's that's one of the piano keys I like to hump. Is the whole like bad things happen to people <laughs> use our product style of advertising, which I find and I think I think we've settled on our title. <laughs> That's not going to get the Christians to log in at all. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Hey, Mark, uh, I, I understand. Well, okay, so apparently we don't want to say anything about Twilight, and it took us about 25 minutes to figure <laughs> that out. I just wanted – the one thing I wanted to say about Twilight was how weird it was that the guy from Twilight who plays the werewolf is on the cover of Men's Health this month. Well, do you remember um, this? He actually was going to get replaced in the second movie because he was this scrawny kid in the first movie, and it was like, yeah. can he buff up for uh, for number two? And right. I guess he did. You know, yeah. he, he rose to the occasion. Um, mm-hmm. Though I, I think it's it's probably not healthy to get that cut when you're 17 or 18, right? Like, because you're well, not done growing, really. Well, no, I mean, first of all, it's not cut that he got. He gained about 30 pounds. Um, and I mean, whatever, when you're 17, you can do that. I mean, he did it over the course of a year too. It wasn't something he did like in a couple of months. Um, it is a lot and you have to eat a lot. Um, but you know, I don't think it's really something you have to worry about. You have about. to eat a lot and you, you have to work out a lot. Hey Pete, you're a health expert. Tell me, tell me this. <laughs> I've been playing with the, uh, I've been, been toying with the idea that, uh, I will live longer if I eat eat less and exercise less. The idea being like, I'll put uh, less wear on my, on my system. And so I'll lose rate by like, by uh, severely restricting my caloric intake rather than by leaving it where, you know, at the kind of obscenely inflated American place that it is and uh, exercising to burn off the excess. Right. Instead, I'll restrict my caloric load, thus like stressing my system less and exercising less, thus stressing my system less. Uh, fact or fiction? Well, there's there's two ways that you can, I think, make make that true. The first would be to go to your thermostat and just turn it down a little bit because, you know, down to that like 10,000 degrees below uh, freezing and then you'll you'll live forever and your metabolism will be very slow. No, no. <laughs> um, <laughs> 
<laughs> there is a certain amount of research. Isn't there, what, uh, Pete, now, wouldn't there be a problem with ice crystals tearing my uh, sensitive soft tissue? Only body. if they ever try to thaw you out. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, the expanding ice crystals would tear apart your body and you would be killed. Um, that would not be a good thing. You'd have to be flash frozen in some sort of specific way that I don't know if it's even possible. They'd have to they'd have to manipulate the crystal structures of the ice that's forming in your blood, and that would be pretty hard to do, which is why they don't have decent cryogenics these days. Although I'm not sure whether – I think the biggest, the bigger problem is how do you thaw. It's sort of like the same thing with anesthesiology. It's easy to put somebody under. It's hard to guarantee that they'll wake up. Um, you can freeze a person, but the question is, like, how do you make sure that they come around, you know, when, uh, when you want, when you, how do you rejuvenate them? How do you make sure that they aren't just dead? Um, but the other one is that there is a fair amount of scientific research to show that severe calorie restriction, at least in some mammals, is one of the only ways to meaningfully expand maximum lifespan. Um, that by eating, like, actually very, very little, a mouse, say, can, like, live twice as long. Um, and there are groups of, of – and this is, like, documented. This is, like, um, fairly do- well-documented phenomenon among certain animals, but not necessarily, like, us, right? But there are groups of people, and I actually had a friend who was uh, was once interviewed on PBS about this movement um, where, uh, where, yeah, like, they would eat, like, a 1,000 calories a day. And the idea being that that will extend your lifespan and you'll live longer. Now, I don't think they necessarily paired it with less activity. Um, deliberately, I mean, perhaps by extension. No, I'm um, saying I, I'll keep my I'll keep my uh, current level of activity. I won't right. I won't uh, you know I won't try to increase my level of activity by going to the gym all the damn time. Well, I mean, I think that first of all, if you're going to restrict your calorie intake to the point of it actually expanding your lifespan, even if you believe what these people are saying, and I want to stress, I can't vouch for it. Be careful. Consult a doctor. Don't get yourself sick. Um, but you know, if you want to do that, you'd have to cut your caloric intake like pretty freaking severely. Like we're talking like triple digits, like low quadruple digits. Um, so that means like you know a sandwich, you know, and some you know here and there for a day. You know, I mean, not the sandwich is like 800 calories, but like some are. Um, and, 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 you know, it's, it's a pretty big deal. It's not going to be something where, like, making changes at the margins is really going to help matters. And I don't necessarily think that, that less activity is going to make you live longer. I mean, it, I think because your body will atrophy, right, and you'll, you'll lose some robustness. I think one of the big reasons why you want to exercise to live longer, other than the whole bone density argument, too, is that it makes the muscles around your legs and hips stronger, keeps you mobile longer. you got to think about the weight that it's, – it's not just enough to think about how not to lose – Right, like not not to think about like how you can sort of uh, improve your average ability to to live longer. Think about what might kill you, right? That, maybe this is a better strategic way to think about it. Don't try to like don't try to stop aging. Just try to stop the things that actually might kill you. So like, try to put yourself in a situation where if you were to fall down, you wouldn't get you know put in a home and die. You know, like, so that means like staying healthy and stretching out and building up some muscle in your hips and, and making sure that you, you're able to take impact right through your middle age years into your older, older age so that if you do fall, you know, you don't shatter your hips. Hey, you, you know what else might kill you? You know what else might kill you? Ninjas. Yes, which is why you should train with nunchucks and also with uh, laser guns, because there's only two kinds of ninjas in the world. There's the kind that are vulnerable to nunchucks and the kind that are vulnerable to laser guns. Um, And so if you have proficiency in both, and if you put lasers on the nunchucks, as long as you're always spinning the nunchucks and never look at them directly, which will blind you, um, then you'll be great and you'll be set. You'll be invincible, uh, but also eat a lot of fiber. So you poop a lot. I love it how you just didn't skip a beat there at all. (laughs) 
this is like, what, and this is what you will hear if you come to Pete's uh, Pete's improv shows at Improv Boston Thursday at seven thirty. It's not. It's Thursday at seven thirty. Yeah. I have rehearsed Thursday. I don't know when that is. That was my point. That was my point. Friday at nine thirty. No, Friday but, at nine thirty. Yeah. So that, that was actually. Watch well, again. Yeah. That was actually my my attempt to, to to bring the discussion back to somewhere in the realm of pop culture. Oh, Pete, rain, you're, you're rain very, is very, back. Very, uh, rain is back. Are you talking about rain? Yes, yes, yes. But hold on, let me let me set this up properly here. So, okay. right. So this, you know, the new movie Ninja Assassin premiered this week and looked like it's going to bomb as well. Uh, but do you guys know who the lead actor is? Who this guy is? I think Pete just gave it away, right? Pete? Yeah. So I you mean, know his name, but like more than like just his name. Well, he's, this a, he's a K-pop superstar. Okay, <laughs> interesting. You guys, you guys know this. I'm not sure how like. But, the, you know, I was kind of shocked when I saw this. Our audience, I got to believe that our audience are big Stephen Colbert fans. So yeah. uh, they'll know. Oh, that's is. right. It's the Colbert thing. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Still, to me, it's it's still a big shock. Now, I, I myself and, you know, those who read the site and listen to the podcast often probably are aware that I am a of Korean-American descent and I'm always <gasps> interested. No. Matt, how did you let him on the podcast? <laughs> Jeez. What? Well, I, I, I thought you guys knew. Uh, he told me you were Laotian. <laughs> Jeez, I can't handle. Is that even a word? Can you, are Laotian? Do they call themselves Laotian, or is that? Are they just Thai? I believe that is correct. But can, can okay. you guys accept me for who I am? Who are you? A, a Korean American uh, part-time blogger is what I am. Apparently. <laughs> we'll, we'll work on it. We'll work on okay. it. Okay. All right. All right. All right. So I got it. Well, I, I have to mandate sensitivity workshops for the whole for the whole <laughs> know, site yeah. now. Ooh, trust fall day! Yay! <laughs> Ropes course. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, that that would be one of the one of the least enjoyable things. I think we we would find been, a way. Actually, this be... you both you both work in sort of corporate office environments. Have you ever been on a company offsite uh, that involves a ropes course or some kind of outdoor group activity? No, no, no. no. Municipal government is, is is too cheap to shill out for things like that. No, I did that in high school. I didn't do it in the working world. Oh. Yeah. Um, uh, anyway, uh, tell us back about to... a ninja assassin. Uh, <laughs> So getting back to this, right? So Rain, Rain is a huge <laughs> Korean pop star, and and to see him kind of debuted in this manner, it was a real shock to me that you know he's he is the lead actor in a you know in a Hollywood picture. Um, so good? how huge? Give us an analog. He's the Korean what? He's the Justin Korean, Timberlake. He is solid. Korean Justin the, Timberlake. Straight up, the, the Korean Justin Timberlake, and even more so than that because Korea is such a small uh, a small um, a small market. Um, that he's like the Korean Juster Timberlake and I don't know Jay Z combined. Not that he raps like Jay Z, but you know that a star of that magnitude. Um, but he's in a Korea, and he was in a boy band, or um, was he yeah, a boy he was, band at some point? He's always yeah, he solo. Was, he was. A, he, I think he was in a boy band. He was definitely a, sing, a solo actor. Um, his his star power also is in a kind of you know magnet mag, um, you know radiated across Asia as well too. It was part of the you know, uh, larger Korean pop culture phenomenon. And um, so he has is his name the Korean word for rain or his stage name or is it actually rain like the American word rain? His name is the like his stage play. name is the Korean uh word for rain which is B B I. Um but in in the American is market he it just goes by rain. Um not that I know but if he uh if he is then more more power to him. That would be uh, pretty awkward if he if he went by by in the United States and he wasn't <laughs> <laughs> but that would but anyway, I, I bring I bring this up for for a few reasons, you know. A obviously because you're like, oh, it's a Korean guy, you know, who's who's making it big, and Korean people like to do that. Um, but also, <laughs> you know, it's it's just interesting to me uh, how this celebrity, you know, who 
you know, aside from the Stephen Colbert thing was completely, you know, unknown to American audiences. And they're trying to, you know, introduce him in this manner and make him big in America. And it, it seems like it's going to it's going to fail. I mean, like this movie is was has been panned at the box office at, at the, in the, by the critics and is slumping at the box office. Um, but I can't think of a whole lot of other, um, you know, celebrity transitions from such foreign markets as Asia um, into the American one. Unless I'm missing something really obvious here. I mean, there's a fella Kuti musical on Broadway, right? <laughs> that doesn't count, though. Isn't there a fella Kuti? Isn't there a fella Kuti musical on Broadway? I thought I saw something along those lines. Yeah, it was a transfer. It was off Broadway for a while, and I guess oh. they're transferring it. But to but Broadway. even even still, I mean, that's that's a perfect example. That that's not even close to the magnitude of you know of a major motion picture. No, I, I understand. Like, I understand. That. Are you I, casting aspersions on the legitimate theater? The, the what? The what? The what? What? I mean, who would I? Th- I mean, you're, you're thinking an entertainer who is something other than a movie star becoming a, so basically like sort of jaw ruling it or like DMXing it or, or, he, or Jennifer Lopezing it. That's true. He's something other than a movie star and decides to break in the American market by becoming a movie star. No, not even it's not not even so much the the not the movie star or movie star thing. It's the okay. coming from the market, the culture of of you know like Korea and Asia. Um, I mean, I st- I'm st- I still remember Rumble in the Bronx, which was the first Jackie Chan movie heavily marketed to American audiences, which was supposed to be his big. I launch. feel like that's a little bit different, though, because you know Jackie Chan is is a bona fide martial arts star, right? right? And we're taking yeah. you know a it's so it's the combination right of the you know Korean pop star, you know, making the transition to American what martial about, arts. Uh, what about Chow Yun Fat in The King and I, with uh, Anna and the King? You mean Anna and the King with Jodie Foster? You know, you know who's probably a good example. Uh, probably a good example is Borat. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right. the and I don't mean because he's from Kazakhstan. I mean because he's from England. <laughs> yeah, but that's not. You know, uh, he doesn't have the language barrier problem. <laughs> that, well, I mean, uh, now we're 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 doing it a little bit, aren't we? I mean, how? So it has to be somebody not from the United Kingdom. No, it has to be someone from a non-anglophone country. A non-anglophone country. So, like. Like uh, Long Island is what you're saying. I mean, hey, Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> is actually a, uh, yeah. you know, an example of this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was a big star in another yeah, country. That is, that's a pretty, that is a pretty good example. And Hercules um, in New York was his big breakthrough, which is not that dissimilar in, in, from Ninja Assassin in terms of how stupid it was. <laughs> <laughs> right? And then he even dubbed over his voice, right? Like they didn't even let him talk yeah, in that movie. they did. Um, yeah, I, that's yeah. a good point. I don't know if Rain's voice is dubbed. I, I, I do know that he was trying to learn English for the mm. specific purpose of breaking into the American market. With that analogy, uh, I think that means that Rain is going to be the next Terminator for the, <laughs> for, for the rebooted Terminator franchise, right? Since they, they've clearly sunk it with, uh, with, with Terminator Salvation. Well, the guy that that makes me think of, even though he's not a foreigner, is uh, Quentin Rampage Jackson. Who is the um, the mixed martial artist who has been trying to break into movies for a while and is going to be the new BA Baracus in the A Team? Um, right. And he, yeah, he's been just a straight up fighter pretty much. I mean, he's done a couple of things where he's like played a guy named Jackson or like yeah Tyrone or something, and he has to punch people and like plays a cage fighter. But uh, I think he was on the King of Queens once as a delivery man. <laughs> but uh, um, but I mean, I think he's like he's definitely like I've been in this particular walk of life. I want to be a star. 
you know, let me switch it over. But I guess I have to think, like, I mean, Jason Statham, maybe, with the transporter? I mean, but that not, it doesn't even really count either, because he worked his way up through American movies, too. Um, it, it's really hard, because there have been spare few real centers of gravity of foreign celebrity that have been openly acknowledged in the American market at any point. It's, it's, it's pretty much, it's tough to say, like, oh, this guy was like an Egyptian dance artist, and that matters. Right, but you're, I think what you're right. seeing with Rain is that these these markets do matter now, and they matter more because of the shifting economic phenomena, fundamentals and and the establishment of these these domestic industries that vie with the uh, the American industry um, and so right. On. Yeah, so actually, speaking of that, the center of gravity is a good is a good word to use there actually because the Korean pop culture market, not just you know this pop singer Rain, but also Korean soap operas and Korean movies were part of this um, Korean wave uh, phenomenon. Yeah. Of pop culture over over the latter, latter part of this decade, um, mm. which has swept Asia and I believe continues to as well. So basically, but, it, it yeah, seems- ironically, has only swept half of Korea. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, not like, not true. Actually, um, this is something that, that I think Korea I got across the DMZ. Oh man! <laughs> <laughs> well, possibly that, but also that um, pirated South Korean, smuggled South Korean soap opera videos are actually kind of getting big in North Korea. Ooh. Um, North Korea is not nearly as hermetically sealed as we often like to think that it is. So who knows? Uh, perhaps um, there are some select few in North Korea that are listening to this podcast now as we speak. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine that? Kim Jong-il, suck it! Oh, we just got the whole thing banned now. <laughs> well, now that, we're, now that we're banned in Korea, aren't, isn't there a podcast all about being banned? There's also one about broadcasting from a North Korean satellite. Now that we're banned in Korea, we, we probably should uh, leave it there before we get banned in America, which is, you know, probably the next step. That was a good wait. segue, I think. <laughs> segue, fan, I think. segue to the end. So you know what to do. Uh, if you have anything that you want to say about the mess that you just heard, you can give us a call. No, this was wonderful. I thought it was great. We talked about Amy Grant. Grow my, grow my, <laughs> baby, baby. A something, something, something. Drink a when something, sweetest of emotion. What? Drink when Fenzel <laughs> sings. That's another part. <laughs> Drink when Fenzel sings, and um, yes, absolutely. So call the the voicemail, which is twenty eat log zero one. That's two zero three two eight five six four zero one, or email us at podcast at overthinking it dot com. Hey, we've been thinking about ways to grow our listenership, and uh, I think one of the great ways that we can do it is have to have you do it for us. So how about this week, you uh, you tell a friend about your favorite episode of the Overthinking It podcast, not. Not this one, obviously, but one that you like from the past. Huh? Why don't you send it to your friend? <laughs> you know? And then they can listen to it. Yeah. That's Why don't you copy listen the URL off the side and have them listen to it? We're trying, we're trying to grow the audience here so that we can uh, quit our day jobs, right? Uh, and uh, until we quit our day jobs, you know where to find us. It's www.overthinkingit.com, where we subject the popular culture to a level of scrutiny it, it probably doesn't deserve. This is my grown-up crib.